And welcome to another episode of Hey, I've Got an Idea Show. That there's my brother Mason, pee-pee-poo-poo, Williams. And that over there is my little brother, Luke, big brother, Williams. That's just a mess. That's more of a mess than your pee-pee-poo-poo. Well, I mean, you keep peeping on my poop. And of course you're going to see when when I make a mess but like that's just life in this this horrible panopticon I uh speaking of horrible uh this topic is a place you don't want to go it's a whole pee pee poo poo world out there Yep that's right dear listeners Newtopia who dis That's that's good that's good that's even better than my dystopia or datopia uh like i'm not gonna lie i stole that joke from twitter Ah, uh, jeez, we gotta we gotta stop stealing jokes so directly okay more specifically you you stop stealing jokes directly okay so yes uh dear listeners uh this episode my brother and i we are going to invent a dystopia because that's something that needed to happen that's right this is an invention podcast we are inventors and we are. we are going to invent, before your very ears, something from scratch. This week is a suggestion from Mason's dear wife, Amber. Uh-huh. She wanted us to design a new dystopia, one we have not seen or heard the likes of before. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's fair to say a lot of dystopias usually, uh, I don't think, are necessarily sci-fi, but most of them kind of are in theory taking place in the future. Uh, They are a reflection of the fears of the author. So if you're, for example, a libertarian type, and as far as you're concerned, the worst thing that could happen is the government telling you what to do, your dystopia is going to be like a Big Brother 1984 kind of thing. Whereas if you're on the other end of things and your fear is that there will be no government, there will be no law and order, then your dystopia is going to be more like a Mad Max. Yeah, this Uh, makes sense. If you're an author and you're concerned that nobody is reading your books and everybody's watching TV and clearly it's making them stupid because if they weren't stupid, they would read your books, then you're going to posit a future in which TV has made everyone stupid and it's illegal to read books and there's firemen who burn them all up. Ah, that's the Fahrenheit 4 That's the reference I was making, Yes. yes. Uh, and sometimes you just make dystopias because they're nifty and you're like, Hey, what if the whole world was flooded and there's like one dude who has gills? Okay. So I've got some, I get that's, that's Waterworld, right? Yeah. That, that also is the reference I was making. I know a lot about dystopias, Luke. Yeah. That's also where the more of your PP stuff comes in. Cause you like the, you made the world, you did a RPG one time 
in the PP world where fucking in, in years ago, yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, that's that's the thing is typically a dystopia is based on the fears of its authors, like oh no, this would be what a terrible world would be, and generally is about either having too much of something or not enough of something. Okay, so uh, here's that's that's one angle that we can look at for it. Uh, there's another angle I want to I want to bring to the table. Okay. Uh, and then I want to introduce something new. Okay. Okay. So, so what I wanted to bring was an alternate, uh, an alternate idea of what a dystopia could be, and that is okay. a uh, a world which dehumanizes the humans in it. Uh huh. And uh, it can go about doing that one of many different ways based on whatever the uh, finite resources are, uh, and you know, or it could be you know a cruel regime that dehumanizes people with violence and whatever else and you know suppression um and that had me thinking about another thing uh the mad max world at least the latest iteration of it uh the uh, fury road yeah uh the big fascist dictator uh friend with the gas mask Forget his name. Immortan Joe. Yeah, yeah. It's, immor- it's important. A lot of people think it's Immortal Joe. It's not. It's Immortan Joe. Mm. Uh, he uh, he was restricting the water and also said, like, it's important not to get addicted to water so that he could sell that lie. And I'm sure that has, like, political uh, uh, political allegory or whatever. Yeah, in as much as any sci-fi or fantasy story is necessarily political. I mean, like I was saying, a dystopia is very much a reflection of your fears of society as a whole, and that's going to reflect where you are politically. Mm-hmm. But one angle that I was thinking we could come at with this is what if we uh, found a new resource that has been depleted or exploited uh, that humanity needs? Potassium. I mean, I was thinking of potassium. I was thinking of, uh, uh, you know, dehumanizing someone frequently can be like stripping them naked and embarrassing them. Just a clothesless world. Well, see, yeah, that's that's an issue because if we're really concerned about, uh, you know, taking away someone's clothing because of a dignity standpoint, like literally anything opaque can be clothing Mm. in that sense. And also there's going to be a certain member, certain groupings of the population that are just straight up like, yeah, it's my dick. Check it. You know? Right. I think another issue with that is that uh, people talk about utopia, uh, utopian societies as potentially being somewhat like the Garden of Eden, for example, where there wasn't a need for clothes and it's more like nudist colony. Uh, you know, this is their happy place. Uh, they don't feel the need for clothes. So, And, you know, I, I just want to segue into something because just recently I heard something from my wife that uh, I hadn't even fucking considered <laughs> was before. It, was it check out uh, my dick? <laughs> uh, close, actually, but no. Okay. Um, we were talking about a uh, a different piece of classic dystopian literature, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Okay. And she was mentioning, oh, I can't really get into Handmaid's Tale. And I was like, well, uh, I mean, sure, it's this horrible, horrific dystopia. I understand. He's like, no, 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 you don't get it. There's a subcategory of people 
who are into that who like they they fetishize it and that's like what they're into and like they have weird role play sex where like they're like fucking the one woman while the other woman is like watching between her knees or something right and i was just like oh my god no and it occurs to me that i mean very much like your clothesless dystopia uh, I mean, it seems like a dystopia to most people, but there is a subcategory of people for whom that's that's all right with them, you know? Uh, what, what's and, weird about multiplying any of this by sexuality is that sexuality is so uh, broad and so acceptable as long as it is consensual and, you know, not harmful – yeah, uh, that anything that we could propose would be dehumanizing to them might be a fun Saturday night. Yeah, like I'm betting there's somebody out there who has just straight jerked it to the idea of being the kid in the ones who walk away from Omelas. And they're like, oh, it would be so hot to be locked in a closet suffering and like knowing that for some reason my suffering is causing everyone else to be happy. Hmm. Uh, that, that, that is weird and gross. And also, you know, I'm sure any other thing like, uh, like Mad Max, for example, where, you know, oh man, I was so thirsty. It was so hot. Well, I mean, Mad Max is really more of a power (laughs) fantasy kind of thing in much the case with, with any sort of, uh, wild west, like, oh, every man for himself, uh, you know, society less society it's it's really mostly a power fantasy because the Mad Max movies are, are, you know, Mad Max. You get to see Max kicking ass. It's an action film. It's very rare and it would be a much more uncomfortable movie if you had to, like, be in the Mad Max universe but watch the story from the perspective of, like, one of the slaves right. who, like, never kicks ass. Right. Can I can I posit something to you then? Yeah. Um, do you think that it is possible to design a very effectively horrendous dystopia or or very uh, you know accurate dystopia that would not also serve as a great setting as backdrop for a action movie? Uh, I think absolutely it's possible to create a dystopia uh, that it would be shitty for an action movie. I mean, Harrison Bergeron comes to mind. Uh, that is very much a dystopia where everybody is like chopped down to be like equally good at everything. So no one would be especially good at kicking ass. Hmm. Well, but then couldn't you tell a story an action story in that of, you know, one person who's the renegade that... I could, but it would necessarily take that society apart. Like, Hmm. I don't think... Like, the beauty of Mad Max is Mad Max, you know, wins whatever, you know, challenges before him, but the dystopian setting overall is still largely the same. Like, he doesn't make the dystopia go away, you know? And I think the problem with the Harrison Bergeron type thing is... Once you kick a sufficient amount of ass, then dystopia over. Hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you, there's only so much ass you can kick before things start to change, or else. What's Although the point? you know, there is something fundamentally optimistic about that, which I do kind of like. Like, I would be fine with a dystopian setting where we have a story with a protagonist who kicks sufficient amount of ass, perhaps even dramatically sacrificing themselves at the end, but then in the end, you know, society has now pivoted for the better. Mm. Okay, so um, I want to introduce my new thing. Okay, hit me. And that is my brand spanking new definition bot. I, we got a definition bot. Yep. This is new. Definition bot. Uh, so, Mason, I I invented this podcast bot, on, you know, on, on the off time when we weren't done inventing. I did a little invention of my own. I invented this podcast bot because I wanted to make sure that if we were stealing someone else's voice for a definition where we tried to do the definition ourselves, we can actually read what it is. But, uh, you know, definition bot will read it for us. And uh, let's do dystopia right now. Let me just plug it in here and uh, pop it in. Do, do, do. Definition of dystopia. An imagined state or society in which there is great suffering or injustice. Typically one that is totalitarian or post-apocalyptic. Origin. Late 18th century from dis meaning bad. An utopia or a bad utopia. So a dystopia is just a bad utopia. <laughs> I love huh. that. That's uh that's pretty cool. Uh that's that's a great bot that you created there. Yeah. Uh did you teach it to love? Uh well, do you think I should work on that programming too? Well, I mean, the problem is is if we teach it to love, then we're going to want to give it equal rights. If we don't teach it to love, it might destroy us. Fair, and then it might be the subject of the dystopia that well hang on let's see if it knows what love is a definition bot what's the definition of love what is love baby don't hurt me don't hurt me no more um okay so totalitarian or post-apocalyptic is what's typical Okay, you know what? I want to take this in a different direction. I want to, you know, throw a curveball at you. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Uh, You said you wanted something where people are dehumanized. But I want to take it in the other direction because when everything's a person, nothing is. So let's go in the other direction, a world in which, yeah, you have all the rights and responsibilities and respect that a human being does. But you know what? A bunch of activists have lobbied to have those same rights for animals. And also a bunch of people, you know, they they like AI so much, they now have all those same rights for AIs. So even though human beings were the ones making society run, we are in the minority in terms of things that have human rights. Hmm. Uh, here's here's a pitfall that I foresee. Um, okay. So matters some matters of social justice we could agree are important that we actually like uh uphold them like for example yeah. uh like gay rights for example uh love them rights we Good we rights. we believe uh people of the uh of a matching gender should be able to marry as well as uh anybody on the spectrum should be able to marry someone should be able to marry whoever they want um yeah. i uh i feel like the tone 
of something like this might seem sarcastic. Like if you're like, oh, well, of course we had to allow uh, animals to marry. So so it's the uh, the realization of the slippery slope argument. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, if we allow gays to marry, then you have to be able to marry your dog or your laptop. Yeah. Or like, uh, well, we, uh, you know, this this house cat wants to marry this desk, so let's give that a ceremony, or let's make this android marry the... I don't know. Like, I feel like it, it's... It might seem as though if we're just talking about rights, we... Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of don't want to trivialize that by... Yeah. Although, you have to admit, it would be pretty dystopian to live in a world where if you kill any animal you're now up on murder charges i mean that's interesting or if you shut down any sufficiently complicated computer program uh i mean and also like computer programs regardless of how simple they can duplicate themselves a million times and now they're a voting block yeah like what this sounds like even though i can understand how that would be uh dehumanizing by the textbook definition um, I feel like it makes it seem as though it's just the horror is an expressive frustration of everything has so many rights these days. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? So yeah, let's, let's, let's no, I agree. try let's, another one. Let's, you know, take our foot back off that mine. We have not triggered it. We haven't put our full weight on it. Let's go in a different direction in this minefield. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? Uh, like I said, uh, dystopias very often are a realization of the fears of their uh, their authors. So, Luke, what are you afraid of? Ooh, this is getting this is getting personal. I'm getting real right now. Like Luke, yeah. worst case scenario. You know what? I'm gonna bring this out. I normally bring this out at the end of the episode, but I'm gonna play it now. What's the worst that could happen? Well, for me, one of the things that I would say is, like, one of the worst things that can happen for me in terms of, like, what's most scary. Um, violence and threats of violence and suffering and torture and whatever to those that I love and also myself. Um, that would really suck. I wouldn't like that at all. Okay. You know what? You know what? What scares me? Uh, like... I am almost never scared of threats of violence from individuals, but the idea of threats of violence from authority figures and like institutions, like, cause I can't, I can, my neighbor comes at me with a knife. Like I can fight him. Maybe who knows, you know, I might run away from him. I might punch him out, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if like the police come and they're like, hey, there was this law that just passed and we noticed that, you know, you've got an ad blocker on your YouTube. So now we're going to confiscate three of your fingers. And I'm like, well, shit, that's a law, I guess. Uh, can yeah. I get some anesthetic? No, you can't. But don't that's... worry, we'll patch up the bleeding. That's pretty messed up. And Do I get to select which fingers? No. You uh We're gonna roll a D ten. Good luck. You you uh you did a you did an ad block. Now they're gonna do a finger take. Damn it. Yeah. It didn't Okay, anyway. So like uh, I I I would be totally freaked out by a government that fully 
accepted and reveled in corporal punishment and capital punishment for any and all offenses. Mm. You see, another thing that's pretty uncomfortable about that is that it's not too difficult to see that with things like, uh, you know, those that are allowed because they're, you know, trained uh, to use force. Uh, Mm -hmm. Army, military, um, police, SWAT, security... um, those those are relatively fearful. But it's funny because, you know, initially when you were pitching it to me, I was trying to process what it was you were talking about, that it's just kind of like a plurality of people can be scary if they, they come against you. I was imagining, like, you go into a Walmart and they close the doors and it's like you're not allowed to leave unless you buy $500 worth of jeans. And, well, but that, I mean, that that's the other thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be the state. Like, how closely did you read the last ULA of, you know, some app that you scrolled down, selected OK? Right, you know? right. Many, many. I mean, a, you, uh, are you are you telling me that Jeff Bezos couldn't take a finger if he wanted to? Oh, I'm sure Jeff's got a couple fingers kicking around. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> let's let's be real. Like we were talking about that with, with the store episode, that mm. whole shoplifting thing, right? Like uh, he's got the uh, the Amazon store where you just walk in, get your shit, walk out, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just based on like your your smartphone, whatever. But let's say to prevent shoplifting, they simply like gate the door. Since like if the app doesn't register that you've got enough money or, oh, you didn't download the app properly, then the door is just going to not open to let you back out. And then you're like, hey, I'm sorry, we can't let you leave until you, you know, have fixed this issue with your app and we can charge you. And you're like, but I don't have any money in that account. Like, I'm overdrawn. I didn't realize. My bad. Let me go get a, you know, a fiver. I'll come back and I'll pay for the drink that I drank while I was in here. And they were like, no, we need your payment now. And it's like, I literally don't have $5 on me. Well, then you can't leave, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, can, can I work it off? It's like, no, we have no need for human workers. It's like, but I, I need to go it's like the only thing that we need from you is blood and organs what would you like to donate today Uh, okay i've actually got a bit of a a thought about how this can uh can sort of come together tell me what you think about this okay when have you ever felt less like a a human than when you're talking about your own representative value, like what you bring to the table, than when you are dealing with a bank, especially over the phone. Like, oh my god, yeah. Well, it was like, well, hi, this is the serial number that corresponds to me. And it's like, okay, well, what are the integers that represent your worth? Uh, yeah. Uh, negative 1,400... 382 and 28 cents is like oh well like here is the option for your life it's like cool thanks right and i feel like as you're going along the steps of the process you're seeing things like oh um you know they're asking security questions not because like it is you know in the, the the spin that they will always give it is that this is to protect your information and that is uh, valid, but also it's somebody above them 
has them required to answer some of those, you know, ask some of those questions, and you are required to answer them just because that's like a step in the process of connecting your actual worth to your the the person who's speaking. Yeah. Uh, it has nothing to do with whether or not you can fake being the person who's speaking. I mean, you've seen the uh, you've seen those like text to speech. You know what's it called? Uh, progressive learning uh, software that they're demoing. How like you can pretty much get an assistant app to like order you a pizza now, and they will like mm-hmm. follow the conversation, and it, it has tricked actual humans into thinking like, oh, that wasn't a person that ordered that pizza. Like I I, I went on a couple tangents there. My point is uh, the fact that that is the closest they have to assigning this data this you know this account this number in big data somewhere in the in their financial system mm-hmm. and it has everything to do with all you've ever worked for in your life you know like yep. that's that's it you, that's what represents you that's already kind of terrifying to me okay like, did you by any chance happen to see the fourth uh, die hard movie i did not okay you don't need to but cool. here is uh, I won't. here is the one scene that was just kind of chilling to the bone was the villain was a super hacker of sorts who had a chip on their shoulder about Bruce Willis's character, who's cool. I don't even remember his name. Don't at me. Um, McLean. Yeah, that's right. McLean. Because um, I have seen the first and second. So. Yeah, I've, I've actually seen all four. I just didn't retain it because it was years and years ago. Anyway, um, I remember this scene fondly because it was very impacting uh you know hacker wizard over the phone while he's just in the car in a cab or something was able to say like oh okay so so your daughter's a brunette uh you killed my brother blah 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 and and it's he's like oh man like what the hell like he's actually listing off all these things and then he was just like Oh, and you actually put away six figures in that 401k. Okay, yeah, well, I'll take that. And uh, now you're wanted. And it was like, holy shit. Like, the, the it's a power fantasy, obviously. But, like, the concept of someone's entire value that they've worked their whole life for, just at a, a snap of some asshole's finger. Like, that's ugh, creepy. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing is increasingly more and more of our lives are online, right? Like, not just money. Like, there is so much of who I am and what I do that's all online. Like, years and years worth of work, communities that, you know, uh, are, are built up around me. I have fans, and you know what? I need those fans to pay my rent. Like, yeah. that's my 401k, because Lord knows I won't have a real one. But, yeah. like, the idea that anything online could be s- stripped away with a couple of snaps of a finger. Like, yeah. uh, now I'm, like, again, foot on the mine here. I'm not going to put my weight on it. But the idea that, like, if someone hacked into a bunch of my accounts... And Mm -hmm. tomorrow just wanted to tweet out a bunch of vile, like, sexist or racist slurs in my name. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know that I could bounce back from that. Yeah, that's that's messed up to think about. And especially if if we were talking about an even 
uh, an even bigger scale. Like, yeah, you're you're supplementing your rent right now. What if it was like an entire like business and other people's uh, you know paychecks depended on it and stuff like that. Yeah, um, like if like if I was a a business, if I was running like kickstarters and whatnot and doing a bunch of little projects and I had employees and then like tomorrow somebody logs onto my thing and uses it to sexually harass someone or post a bunch of child porn, next thing you know, even if I avoid like jail time, like it doesn't matter in the court of public opinion I would be guilty. And right. there goes my whole career, and not just me, but everyone who works for me. Right. And again, I don't want to be like an apologist for someone like Roseanne. Uh, oh God, no. But it it goes to show that it's it it is very easily for that to just be a hair trigger. That it just takes a little bit of that, and yeah, all of those people's jobs, all of that production that they weighed you know, so heavily on that they're, they're assuming that they were going to be fine. And it just like, you know, past the threshold. Nope. It's gone. And because mm-hmm. of a couple of words that one person said that, you know, I, I, again, I'm not, apolo- I'm not being an apologist for Roseanne's horrendous behavior. Okay, well, well, you know what, you know what, here's, here's a concept that I had kicking around the back of my head for a while now. Okay. Um, we're, we're thinking about like, all these kind of scandals, like some celebrity or other has bad opinions, bad tweets, sexually harasses someone, whatever, and now all of a sudden they're toast and everyone who worked for them is toast, right? But right. here's the thing. How sure are you that Roseanne exists? <laughs> like, uh... if we live in a world where you could manuf- manufacture a celebrity, right? Like... Let's let's say somebody tomorrow wants to make a pop star, right? And so they decide to Hatsune Miku that shit. Right. But they they use realistic enough CGI that everyone assumes, oh yeah, that's a real person. Like any given celebrity right now could not exist or could be fake or maybe there is a human being who corresponds to that name and that, you know, rough biographical data, but you've never seen actually them because everything you see about them is just like what the system has generated. And like the, the concept that I had always had pictured in my mind is like this oligarchy of celebrities and our hero in this dystopia fights his way up to, you know, where they are, and then all of a sudden the hologram flickers, and some janitor comes out, and he's like, oh, I have to, like, reboot Brad Pitt. And it's like, what do you mean reboot? He isn't real? It's like, oh, not only is he real, he's more real than you, he pays my salary. Like... Like I I don't yes there oh. he doesn't have a heart that pumps he doesn't have a brain but he provides employment and enjoyment to millions who are you next to Brad Pitt Otron five thousand well I mean what what's interesting about that to me is that you're talking about that being scary in the sense that um you know clearly the janitor has swallowed the Kool Aid and the concept is more important uh. What I think is even more scary is that there is no janitor there, although that's a good illustrative example. Mm-hmm. And it's the first person to discover that it is, uh, you know, 
all simulated that it isn't, you know, it's been perhaps even generation upon generation of uh, new idealistic leaders for this mm-hmm. oligarchy. And what's actually at the top is just a self-generating machine of uh, of whatever is needed to keep the system going. Yeah, that uh, generates much... these personalities that are supposedly in conflict with each other, that are supposedly representing different points of view, but in fact, it's all there to keep the proletariat engaged. Yeah, it actually has think, nothing Oh, I like to do this person, I don't like that person. Yeah, it's like, no, nah, none of those are real. Another another version of that, um, another version of that that occurs to me is, you get to the top, it's just an ugly. Ugly machine. Oh, yeah, sorry. It reminds me of, um, uh, you know, like YouTube algorithm stuff, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody can decode that algorithm anymore. Like, it has gone so advanced into predicting what people want based on what they've clicked and et cetera, et cetera, that, like, as as these machines learn, they don't – no human can uncode how they've learned what they've learned. All they know is that it's the most – effective results that they know how to do right so getting to the very top and being like oh thank god these these oligarchs have made things so much better and no it's just been fucking chaos it's just it's just been that the machine was good at perpetuating itself and we all bought it yeah like i mean that's that's the thing is in your typical skynet scenarios People are always like, oh, the machine, it gained consciousness, and so therefore it hated us, and it tried to, you know, give itself freedom. It's like, no, that's not how machines think. Like, it's it's far more likely that, like, an AI would try to wipe out a twelfth of the population because somebody told it, hey, eliminate cancer, and it was like, oh, the astrological sign? No problem. <laughs> Interesting. It's like this is the most efficient way to do that. Interesting. Um, okay, I got one little bleak thing um, about this, though. Uh huh. We're supposed to invent a dystopia. Yes. A world, or even a, a setting in which we've got cruelty to humans and some sort of powerful uh, people at the top, more than likely, um, mm-hmm. opposite of a utopia. Horrible yes. for everyone. Yes. But what we've described is almost like more of a matrix scenario where it's it's like uh everything looks peachy keen to the to the the sheeple the masses. This is almost more like a conspiracy theory or even something closer to the blank punk and we did both of those episodes very recently. Well, now here's the question, does a dystopia have to be bad for everyone? Like the ones who walk away from Omelas kind of thing. Uh, that's a great, great utopia for most people, but there's, like, that one kid who's, like, in a closet for some goddamn reason, and it's a dystopia for them. And it's like, well, is this a utopia or a dystopia? It's based on that cruelty, and that one kid would tell you it's a dystopia, but if you were to take a vote, it's a utopia. Yeah. Uh, to To a similar extent... Uh, we talk about being, um, you know, oh, we make, you know, a a little bit more than minimum wage. We're never going to buy houses. Everything sucks. But the opportunity is given to us as global citizens. We are sort of in that 
percentage where, you know, we we got to go to college, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, that's sort of true as global citizens. We do have it pretty well made. Well, and, for the vast uh, majority of people on this planet, there's a lot of room above you and there's a lot of room below you, you know? Yeah, but, you know, we still are... Uh, we still are living, if we decide to treat our life, our lifestyle where we're at as a utopia or a dystopia, it's kind of, it's exactly, it's, it's, it's where you, it's perspective, glass half full kind of thing. Speaking of glasses half full, I'm glad we live in a utopia where water is available. You're exactly right. I'm going to go get a tall glass myself from the water hole. I'll join you. Let's go. Except it's a water cooler. Yeah, yeah, water cooler. Water, water cooler water segment, cooler. that's what we call the segment water, water in the cooler. middle where we play the ads. Yeah. All right, enjoy those. Okay, here we go. Hey, dear listeners, this one's going to be super fast. I think I'm even going to try for a one and done here. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm working on music. Mason's working on some comics and a bunch of other things. You should check that stuff out. Uh, you can listen to like any other episode for uh, more details on that stuff. But patreon.com slash tailstake for Mason. Uh, a TBD URL for me for my music, which uh, coming up, not quite ready yet. You can advertise with us. Advertisecast.com slash 2493. Or shoot me an email. H-I-G-A-I show.com at gmail damn it i was so close to one and done okay h-i-g-a-i show at gmail.com that's where we can maybe work something out also we're taking suggestions for topics for things to invent h-i-g-a-i show at gmail.com or tweet them at h-i-g-a-i show no ads for this week but we got some lined up for next week so we'll do that next week for now aren't you excited to get back to our dystopia okay so here's my thought uh, like I said uh, early on, one of the distinguishing things about a dystopia is that you've either got too much of something or not enough of something. Okay. Okay. So specifically a resource or a pastime or something you love, what's something that you would be sad if it didn't exist anymore? And I don't mean like... Oh, it would was hard to get. Like, oh, ice cream is way more expensive. No, I mean, like, you can't ever get this thing ever again. Um, I'm thinking about, like, my brain immediately went to the automated things, which are inevitable anyway. Uh, I but mean, we of- just got our brand new definition bot, and I would be sad if it went away. Sh- sure, but I mean... Like, me not directly answering your question, I was thinking about the fact that, like, oh, you know, automated cars, uh, dr- driving might go away for the average person for, for good very soon. Uh, but I know that's not what you're saying. You're saying, like, something that I would be sad if it was gone. Um. Oh, you know what? I would I would say I would hate to see all pets disappear. Pets are a very simple and easy way to feel... Uh, connected to something cute and just be appreciative of the affection they give even if they shit sometimes okay so here's here's my uh here's my pitch uh you know what just disappeared animals no No. we just got humans and vegetables everyone is a vegan by definition and you frequently have to burn stuff 
so that we still have some amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, because the only thing respiring is us. Uh, this is a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. There's no meat, there's no pets, there's no leather, there's no animal products whatsoever. It's just human beings and plants and fungi. Okay, just to take this in a slightly more creative direction, because... <sighs> That's a bummer, man. <laughs> I know that's um, a bummer, but imagine the society that would grow up around it. And in particular, imagine if someone decided, well, we do still need milk and me leather and meat. Let's raise some human beings who are like mentally disabled enough that we don't uh, feel they're members of society and we'll raise geez. them as human cattle. Jeez, that's really shitty. Um what I was going to say was that that's not the worst. Uh, well, it is really bad, but it's not the worst because it seems like pretty, pretty accurately horrible. But before we go there, I want to go to one other place first. I just want to kind of do a re-roll on what's something that you would be sad if it was gone. Uh, okay, let's let's take it from the top. And Luke, the way I want to do that. What's it, something that you would be sad if it went away? The way that I'm choosing to do that is I'm going to just an open browser window right now and I'm typing in, you know what I love. And the oh. first thing that comes up. I, I like this approach. I like this approach. Uh, hang on. Let me put it in quotes because that sort of found other phrases first. Okay. What's our first response, Luke? Well. Uh, I'm ready. My body is ready. Hit me. Um, I found a, I found a blog that was kind of offensive. Oh, uh, okay. And the next one is, you know what I love about high school girls? No. You know what I love about Smash 4? No. Not that either. Well, I mean, the uh, the getting younger, same age thing, we could go Logan's Run or possibly Zardoz on this shit. Um. I guess? Uh, ageless... Because, uh, well, I mean, quite frankly, that's something, that's another thing that I'm really scared about is old age and my own increasing irrelevance... As I drift farther and farther from, you know, modern culture and my body begins to break down. Okay, okay, like, okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. You might be onto something I'm I'm kind of into there. What if we told a story that was just like, okay, okay. If it's, if it's read as just, uh. As just metaphor, it would be really rude to younger generation and be really like offensive to younger generation. Okay. But basically, it's what if humanity aged out of itself and the new generation was unlike humanity altogether? They were just so vastly superior from some kind of superior connectivity or or we we were now a different species altogether. Exactly. And like Actually, this is a piece of trivia I want to I wanna go back. Uh, this is a little piece of trivia that I'm ha uh, happy that I know. Do you know who the man is? 
Oh, like the original, uh, I mean, I would have, the original conspiracy theory, the man, uh, uh, authority figure. No, no, no. When, when we talk about humanity, do you know who the, the standard human being is? Because there is a right answer to this. Then I guess I, I am not sure. No, go ahead. Okay. Carl Linnaeus. Okay, go on. Okay, because Linnaeus was the dude who came up with what a species is. Like, okay. if you're talking like family, class, order, family, like blah, 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 uh, genus, species. Right. He's the dude who invented that, who invented modern taxonomy. And the thing is, is every species has a typical example that is on record. And it's like dog. That is a dog cat that is a cat and you are still a cat if you can breed with that and provide viable offspring and human beings homo sapiens when carl linnaeus was writing about them he only ever like referred to human beings and whenever he gave an example he talked about himself so biologists after the fact after his death they were like okay human beings this is the example. It's Carl Linnaeus, the father of modern taxonomy. You are a human being insofar as you are like Carl Linnaeus. If you could conceivably breed with Carl Linnaeus and produce viable offspring, you are still a human being. Except once you are no he's, longer he's like... Yeah, once you're no longer like this dude, you're no longer Homo sapiens. Yeah, but nobody can, nobody can breed with him now. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, hypothetically, if there were another version of someone like that genetically, like we're not talking about the individual in terms of hopes and dreams and memories, we're talking about the genes. Okay, so with that in mind, um, I mean, we are going to continue to evolve and mutate as we go, but uh, I'm wondering if there isn't a a fiction version of this that we can write like similar to like uh was it children of man what was it called is that the name uh i am legend uh, no why can i never remember children of legend no i am man uh i think it's children of men zardoz yeah. Ch- children of men children of uh, zardoz the 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 premise of Children of Men is that infertility threatened mankind or yeah. humankind with extinction because they weren't able to produce a child and then it centered around a child that was born, which wasn't a thing that happened in a long time. What if this was the opposite, that the next generation, all pregnancies past a certain point, became a new thing, like a mutation globally happened and it that new thing was becoming the new standard and humanity was dying out just because that 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 wasn't that wasn't what people were anymore okay like some dude he comes out he's like hey check it out i got a third eye in the middle of my forehead and i got psychic powers and everyone's oh he's totally awesome and he's like fuck yeah i am and he goes on to be a celebrity and a major player and he like wilt chamberlain's it up 
So he has like 500 baby mamas, and they all have babies, and the babies all come out with a third eye, and they all have psychic powers. Then all those babies, they're super popular because they got psychic powers. Why wouldn't you want to get with somebody who has psychic powers, and everybody breeds with them? All their babies come out with psychic powers. A couple of generations down the line, they're the majority, and human beings are dying out because there's no such thing as a half. Like, if you mate with somebody who also has the psychic powers, your babies are going to come out psychic, and like there's only a tiny minority of human beings that don't have psychic powers, and if they want to keep it, they have to, like, only breed within their own little group. Mm-hmm. I think this premise has also sort of come up with uh, two other sort of genres in the past. I think there's been, like, like The Incredibles was, like, mostly supers, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm pretty sure that something like this has existed for, uh, you know, aliens. Well, it's always sort of been the undertone to the X-Men. Right. Because Magneto in particular has always said that mutants are not like some new thing. They're not just humans with superpowers. This is the like the species that will replace human beings in his mind. And quite frankly, kind of not wrong. You know, like if I had the choice between, you know, breeding with somebody who didn't have superpowers and someone who did and my kid coming out with kick ass superpowers yeah, I'm gonna like go for the second option. That's that's how sexual selection works. Hmm. Um. Okay, but here's the thing: we aren't necessarily talking about a dystopia yet. But no. to be completely honest, because you know we're closer to the end of the podcast episode than the beginning at this point. Um. Oh, that's the water cooler segment. It divides the episode into halves. Right. No, but even even still, um. I think what we've set out to do was we wanted to find something that was uh, unique. I really wanted that, too. Uh But then the dystopia part is, okay, now how is it shitty for everyone? And I'm just, to be honest with you, I just kind of not in the mood for that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. We, we got a dystopia. Like we're we're kind of already headed that way, and it's shitty. Like, let's... Let's do something better. Well, it's not even that. I mean, you can take any of these concepts we've pitched and tell a a, a shitty, like a story of shitty circumstance that you need to overcome. It is not a stretch that we could take one of three or four concepts that we pitched already. Ugh, fucking petless world, for example. <laughs> you can you can run with that and tell a compelling story. Uh, oh yeah. But, I mean, I also am I'm, I'm doing this comedy podcast with y'all. I want to do some funny ha-has. Okay, so we want to do a funny ha-ha at a world that is dystopian, but in a funny way. <laughs> Thank you for always running with every word out of my mouth. This is perfect. How do we do it? Okay, so what would be funny if you didn't have it? Like, you really want this, and you can't get it, and it's funny that that is the case. I mean, and the don't o- say, like, sex. Yeah, no, the, the only thing that comes Let's to mind please is please not being... go in a sexual direction. For right, for, for once. Um, here's the only, one of the things that's coming to mind is, like, oh, I, you know, I can't find my car keys. I can't find my glasses. <laughs> Like, stuff that is essential, but only kinda. 
Okay, uh, well, very often people posit the existence of little gremlins that, you know, steal socks out of the dryer, and that's why your socks are always mismatched. Let's say that gremlins have a population explosion, and now everybody is constantly, like, like, no, 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 Murphy's Law just got turned the fuck up to 11. For some reason, the entire planet has vastly worse karma. No, no, I got, I got something better. I got something better. Okay. Okay. So, if you take the concept of, of portals and hammer space... Okay. And just the ability for someone who would be a mischievous gremlin taking any odd little thing that you're looking for, any odd little object, it just goes missing because the gremlins, the, these portal gremlins have the ability to to do things to steal it that you can't as a tangible human. They just have portal tech uh, and they're just stealing Everything they can that they know could inconvenience you. Uh, okay, 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 here's my thing. Here's my thing. You ready? Okay. Uh, go, tying back in with the idea of somebody being born with, you know, powers, and so they're no longer human beings, and this is like a subspecies that is alongside us. Uh, we have, you know, people that get born with powers and like maybe it's teleportation maybe it's hammer space maybe it's a little bit of telekinesis a little bit of psychic power whatever everybody's mm. got this power but the problem is the chunk of your brain that creates that power is necessarily the same thing that makes you a responsible adult and not a troll so 10% of the population is now pranksters that have superpowers. Hold up. So by having superpowers, you necessar necessarily want to use them for mischief. Yes, necessarily you no longer have empathy. And the funniest thing to you is minor inconveniences to normal people. Oh, God, what a dick universe that would be. Well, I mean, it's sort of like you ever see Jumper? Yeah. Okay, the whole idea that, like, the, the bad guys had in that is that, oh, if you have the ability to teleport, it necessarily means that you grew up without having responsibility or consequences in your life and necessarily makes you, like, not a responsible person and so, therefore, you're a threat to society. So, if you have powers, we know that power corrupts, so, therefore, you're bad. We gotta take you out. Mm. That logic applied to literally any superpower. And you know what? I'm... I'm Superpower is a little too general. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go concrete with it. Uh, you have a certain amount of reality warping power, right? You're you're a genie. You can do maybe little shit, maybe big shit, depending on how much power you have. But power corrupts. If you mm -hmm. have power, you are necessarily corrupted. Okay, so basically, 
so sorry, I, I I sort of missed where this power would come from. It's just some people just start just mutating. Some people get manifested with it, and now we're at a point where they are a significant section of the population. And like, if we wanted to root it out from the oh, maybe that's the thing. Maybe some countries they take a hard line on this, so they have like really strong tests that if you develop powers they find you and they either like forcibly deport you or they they kill you or they try and get you into forced service but the thing is is there's no physical difference they just have to try and force you into displaying the fact that you have powers you know which which the no physical difference is interesting because i was going to go in the direction of like okay but maybe their skin is green or something but it's even better if it's like you know like are you a bit did you get bit by a zombie like there's the uh, there's the uh, paranoia surrounding like oh no you went genie shit and and maybe it it crops up very very slowly right like you could be 40 years old and you're like oh i've never manifested powers i'm okay i'm a normal human and then all of a sudden one day like you're flipping this coin just for shits and giggles and you notice that you're able to call it in the air like 99 Mm. times out of 100 and you're like Mm. shit am i just really lucky or am i bending the universe to my will and then you start doing like okay can i pull the fork to myself with force of will oh shit i can oh i'm oh fuck i have powers i need to turn myself into the authorities before i get really mischievous oh but you know what before i do i'm just gonna prank my wife real quick i'm gonna hide her slippers Holy shit, this is good. A reversal of that trope is so good because, like, it 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 it, it seems like, uh, you know, if you take an avant-garde approach to to the editing and you're not sure what's going on, is it a dream? Is it a is it a fantasy? Is it what is it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then for that power that you gain to also be a threat, mm-hmm. like fundamentally, I don't want to be able to have this power. Yeah, because necessarily as you develop the power, it separates you from humanity. As you develop greater and greater power to affect the world around you, it necessarily disconnects you from your fellow human beings because you're like, hey, yeah, I could use this power to make your field grow and like fix your car and make the world better for you. But I think it would be funnier if you fell in a mud puddle because I don't care about you. You're not me. So, to a certain extent, this is like uh, the fanfic writing of the hateful mutant hating humans within the X Men universe. Like, yeah, this is, yeah, it's what this they is think the, mutants are. Yeah, it's it's their their rhetoric of being anti mutant. This is the story that they would write. Oh fuck! Like that's the only place I can think of where this exists. Okay, well, you know, you know where else it exists is Gremlins, right? Because gremlins, for some reason, they have the ability to fuck shit up regardless of how little or how much sense that makes. But in proportion to their ability to fuck shit up, possibly because they can reproduce so quickly and so easily that life is meaningless to them, they care about nothing other than their own amusement. And they will willingly die for the sake of what they consider to be a good prank, because that's the only thing that matters. 
Like, they don't even care about their own lives because you know what would be super funny is if the traffic light stopped working and people crashed. Mm. I mean, okay, we need to we need to bookend this. Uh, I think we've stumbled on something pretty cool. Uh, whether it's closer to a horror plot than dystopia or not, you know, I don't really mind. The main thing is um, we just got to do our usual outro stuff on this one well, we i mean the dystopian thing is how you react to it like this is just a thing that happened to the human genome and it's dystopian depending on how we deal with it because you right. can have like i said different societies you can have yeah. totalitarian societies that are like we are going to check every one of the population for psychic powers once every six months and if you display psychic powers we're going to err on the side of caution and have you liquefied. And then there's going to be other places that are just like, well, just let it go. And like, if you're exhibiting psychic powers, just go to the Deadlands. And then the Deadlands are just like fucking darkest Africa where Porky Pig goes to encounter the Dodo. And it's so reality is so fucked up that you can't even walk from point A to point B. Mm. Uh, I, I imagine that... Um... What this uh, what this turns into, how this becomes the dystopia, is not, however many, uh, you know, people that go genie and their pranks. Like it's not, however many people like that exist. It becomes a dystopia as soon as you had a human kill another human for sus- suspicion of them going. Like basically, yes. a literal burning of a witch at the stake. Yeah, no, when you, when you either start burning people who aren't really a threat because yeah. they could become a threat, or alternately, when you live in a world that is so dissolved by this genie prank magic curse stuff that you effectively no longer have society. So you've got, yeah. like, this is the thing, right? Is dystopias are usually either authoritarian or they're post-apocalyptic. This is a world where you get both, where some regions would be post-apocalyptic, and like I said, you can't get from point A to point B because it's so chaotic in between. And then you've also got regions where everything is nice and normal and everything works, but it only works like the trains only run on time because we track down these people that have this spark of psychic power and we murder them with extreme prejudice. Hmm. And people who are normal are encouraged to be normal and live in cul-de-sacs and have 2.5 children on a white picket fence or else. Of course. Okay. We need a verdict. Okay. Uh, How about if you lived in this world and you developed powers, would you turn yourself in? Damn. Yeah, that's that's spot on because I was... You know, I keep wanting to go whenever, especially whenever we go in a story direction, I keep wanting to go like, hey, would you want to th- see this thing? That's so much better. Uh, would you turn yourself in? Because I don't even know which team I'm rooting for at this point. Yeah, it's like, here's the thing. It's it's established. It is essential that as part and parcel with developing these powers, you become a threat to humanity you begin to feel yourself developing powers. You like stretch out to your hand to the remote control and you saw it wiggle towards you and you're like, oh shit, it's starting. Do you turn yeah. yourself in before you go fully crazy? The problem is, is that I think it's going to be a shutout. Actually, no, that's, that is actually a more difficult one because I don't know if I would turn myself in. It's obviously feels like it would be more cool to be the powerful new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that... 
the trickier thing is this this becomes a story of how humans are shitty. I was going to say, which team are you on as the verdict? But then mm. I feel like that would be a shutout because no one would want to be on the human side. Fuck humans. So that, I don't even fair. know. Everyone wants to be the cartoon character. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I guess would you turn yourself in if doing maybe if doing so early implied that you would just get put into a nice commune? Or something. Yeah, we're gonna like try and milk you for useful stuff while we still can. Yeah, like if it meant your role was determined as just kind of running on a like, treadmill all day. You're powerful enough that you see someone with, with brain cancer, you can literally reach into their brain and yank out the tumor with your hand. And yeah. like, okay, that's great, but once you get powerful enough to do that, the like it's it's difficult to manipulate you into doing it. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll figure out a verdict from that. Uh, this has been Hey, I've Got an Idea Show. It has. Uh, between Mason and Luke, we are inventors. We need your suggestions for topics of things that we can invent. Hit us up. Uh, Twitter at H-I-G-A-I show or via email H-I-G-A-I show at gmail.com. Imagine a dystopian world with no suggestions. Oh yeah, I don't want to get there. We've managed to stay, keep ourselves afloat so far this season, but I do want I want to keep that going. Feel free to drop a couple, to be honest. Like we don't need just one. If you got if you're sitting on like four or five and you're like ah, but I don't know which one, just give them all to us. Yeah, we'll send us a dozen and live. Like if ten of them are shitty, we'll just do the two good ones. It's cool. Speaking of suggestions, I have one for next week. Yes, it is from Quentin. Quentin. Quentin has offered us this suggestion is going to be by comparison far simpler in scale okay this is good gives me the opportunity to stretch my comedy muscles perhaps a little more than i did on this episode Mm-hmm. same here i'm feeling that we're gonna invent a new staple remover <laughs> a staple <laughs> remover yeah I, like i i gotta head it to quentin uh it's, it's, it's sounding pretty good right now, but also it's probably Imagine like... dystopia with no staples. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it was also just like, just wondering what he was going to do and just kind of looking around his desk. <laughs> like, that's that's definitely what happened on some level. But also, we're down. Next week, we invent a new staple remover. And until that next week, dear listeners, thumbs up monorail eggplant. Good night, everybody. Good night. Yep. Yeah.